When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to DM to GM. We're the show that helps you feel more comfortable playing the games you want to play around the table in your house or online. I'm your DM from what? What was that look? I'm your DM from Dungeons and Dragons, Russ Moore, and Sean's giving me looks. And I'm your GM from the end time and other brother, Sean Howard. And today we're tackling a, 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 Sean, you said you had a better way to start this. This is going to be tough. This is going to be a tough yeah. one, everyone. We're talking about alignment. So, Russ. Sean. What's my alignment? Chaotic. <laughs> chaotic. <laughs> okay, I was a little fast that you got to chaotic, but okay, chaotic. <laughs> I would say chaotic. Cha- you're chaotic good, I think. Chaotic good. Okay. Yeah, no, I buy yeah. that. I buy that. Yeah. Okay, so what are you? I think chaotic neutral. Yeah, it's probably fair. I'd go with that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't um, care. I'm just here to watch the world burn. <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> um, okay, so let's start, Russ, with um, so alignment. Uh, it exists in mainly in D and D. It exists in Dungeon World and some Pathfinder other Pathfinder um, and other Pathfinder, yeah. um, but mainly D and D variants. Uh, what is the purpose of alignment? Do you think? And then we'll talk about how you and I use it, by which I mean, how do we not use it? Sure. Yeah. Um, I see the alignment spectrum or the alignment scale as a way to define what is good and what is bad in the world that you are playing in. I think when I was starting in D&D, it seemed like a, it seemed like a really important thing back then, right? I think going back to D&D 2E, but it seemed like... Right, like this, or too advanced, whatever it was. Like, I think it seemed, it seemed like this this key thing. Like, it impacted what your paladin could do, and clerics could lose powers, and it was like this. I don't know. It was like also from a time in the world when it seemed like it was we we're at least programmed societally that it was us versus them. It's us versus the evil Russians, or you know, it was like. A time when there were these clear lines in comic books and, you know, we didn't have um, dark fiction and stuff like we have now. Yeah. Right? It was always this heroic battle, the light against the dark, um, blah, blah, blah. And so it seems to me like it sort of is something that came from that time and it was trying to put these weird gradations on its way towards neutral. Um, that somehow became associated with um, insanity. I still don't understand that. It was like, to be neutral is to be insane, right? Chaotic neutral, right. I think the one I gave you, is insane. You're insane, according to D&D old rules. Well, thank, thank you? 
<laughs> but it, it doesn't make any sense. It was like yeah. at one end, it was like this idea of pure, you know, follow the rules of evil, lawful evil. Then chaotic evil is evil, but self-interest. And then it would suddenly go into neutral territory. And it was like, maybe it makes sense because Switzerland was not good. What we know now what they did. Right. Like, but they were neutral, quote unquote. Yeah. I mean, but I don't know. It's go ahead. No, I mean, I've dug myself enough of a ditch here. I think this whole episode is just going to be us digging holes because (laughs) what we're going to know that what we are trying to say is that we are trying to come at this from a from a very diplomatic side. And we're not trying to land in a in in a bad space Mm -hmm. because that we're just trying to. Find ways to utilize these tools in or not like find ways for you to use these tools uh, in your game without drawing such clear lines or needing to draw such clear lines, but opening the world to more beyond what that monster stat block says that you just picked up. Yeah. And how to handle it. Um, And I think we're going to call out some spades. We're going to call some spades spades in this episode. So I think alignment in the original in the early rules was important it it impacted classes and impacted all kinds of things and i think wizards of the coast is m- madly back just like arms flailing trying to back their way out of this problem that they purchased by buying the rights to this platform and and becoming horribly rich uh lawful evil overlords in the process um <laughs> We're never going to get sponsored by them. Sorry. It's, I keep it's trying. Fine. Um, I know. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but, but I think now basically they pulled out most of the class-based stuff that evolved around alignment. Right. It's really not as important anymore. Like No, like your paladins like, don't need to be, uh, the way they describe them now, you can have complete Oathbreaker paladins that have switched alignments. You can have paladins that are devout to a garbage can, if you want, that have no alignment. Like They haven't tied those mechanics that were tied in earlier editions to being good or evil or neutral or anything, really. They've made it. That is the second time. That is the second time we brought up the Oscar the Grouch Paladin one more time, and we have to play them in one of our it's shows. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. All I mean, right. they asked us enough for session zero. We gave them that. Now Oscar the Grouch Paladin is coming up next. Um, but what I'm saying is they haven't tied them mechanically to all the characters anymore. Right. Meaning it's weighted much less, often to the point where DMs, GMs, or players don't utilize them or put something on when they create a character, but never look at that again and just play the character for the character. Yeah. And what about, because I don't play D&D as much as you, like uh, what about the monster manual or the books that are coming out? Um, what about the uh, the bad guys, the um, the monsters, quote unquote, do they tend to still have alignment as a key thing or? Uh, as of everything published to date, yes, they do have okay. a Cool. How they describe it, a default alignment. Um, so okay. when you pick it up, uh, orcs are considered uh, chaotic evil creatures, I believe is what it right. is. It's an evil It's an evil alignment. I, don't, I can't remember if it's chaotic or not. Um, but they are defined as an evil creature. And this has come up on social media a lot yep. lately, asking for wizards yep. to 
address this and change it. Um, and yep. Wizards of the Coast has come out and said... Arms flailing. Yep. Um, so they've come out and said that within the Dungeon Master's Guide, it's up to the DM to play it how they want. Uh, it's a non-answer is what it is. Yeah, it is. But they it have is. also stated that moving forward, uh, they will be taking that more into consideration and not applying those sorts of things to those monster stat blocks and, and creatures and characters. And for those of you who are shouting, what does it matter? Uh, we're going to get to why it matters in a minute. So we'll get to that. But, but for now, let's talk about, um, uh, let's talk about uh, alignment. So Russ and I, I think we're both on the same page. We don't really play with alignment. We just yeah. throw it aside. I think a lot of GMs and DMs do. Um, one of the reasons why is when you start to analyze, um, are evil things always evil? And what makes something evil? So I'm currently listening to I'm currently listening to Dan Carlin's uh what is it? Something history. Hardcore um, history. Thank you. Hardcore history. Sean's been drinking a little too much wine. <laughs> I have a whole there's still some left in this giant bottle. Russ wrote too um, many notes, so John Sean has to drink. I just called you John. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> That's okay. Yep. I can be John. Okay. I can be uh uh John is evil. Uh, um good. So <laughs> Um, so one of the things that was, is, is like, we are taught like society programs us with this idea of who's evil, who's not. So, you know, that's one of the the things about, if you listen to something like Dan Carmen's hardcore histories or another history source, that's more modern. You'll often find they're looking at, um, what we were, what we all were taught versus what really happened and what the motivations really were. Um, or the stuff that's not in the history books about, you know, indigenous people or people of color, you know, all this stuff that we're just not told because the victors wrote the books. And so um, the idea of evil, first of all, is not as fun to play as a GM. Like just playing, I don't know about you, Russ, just playing a character that's evil and playing evil is not as fun as a character that has a motivation and is just willing to risk and basically risk everything, even other people to get what they need to get in the world for a very important reason. It could be even a noble reason that you learn later. And that becomes way more fun for your table when they've been fighting this person who they assume is evil because they have destroyed villages and caused chaos. And then they find out this, this thing and they probably still don't like him, but they just suddenly can understand why this person did all that. It becomes this amazing moment at your table. Um, and it allows you to also flip characters from, being against the party to suddenly working with the party. My favorite example is Buffy. And, you know, you watch Buffy and Angel and there was this constant flipping of good and you hate him and you don't and you love him and you hate him. Sorry, I'm dating myself. No, it's totally um, fine. Um, but you're right. And Joss Whedon is, no, is now passe. You know, he's, well, he's shown his true colors in other ways. But, um, sorry, go ahead. We've said we've said it before in in the episode where we talk about, you know, creating a good big bad and... I, I don't believe, I'd have to go back and listen, but I don't believe we said anything about alignment. We said make them an interesting character and give them something that grounds them within your world and a reason for them to go burn down those villages or to take those prisoners or to um, sabotage the political system. Everybody acts for a reason. When, you're, when your players sit down to build their characters, they give them backstory. They give them reason why they're partaking in adventure. 
On the other side, you have to sit down as a game runner and say, okay, well, um, Lord Master, I don't want to use Sidious because that's an IP that I don't want to get anywhere near. Lord Master Kumquat, he sits down and what happened to him that made him want to go out and take over the world? It's finding... Somebody, the- somebody killed his cherry children. Exactly. They didn't like when... Kumquats adopted cherries, so obviously he had to go out and take out the entire vegetable community. This is turning yeah. into a real VeggieTales situation, and I don't know if we it want is. to get anywhere near that one either. But anyways, um, <laughs> what I'm saying is long-term, it, is finding ways to plant that character in. And it to make it interesting for, the, for your players to go against them is make it something that's opposed to the way they view things. Yes. That's it. That's it. Make it opposed, but also make it opposed to the aims of the characters. If the characters are on a, it's easy. If the characters are, their whole thing is to go find the holy antlers of whatever, or the holy cherries of, make it the cherries. Go find the holy cherry village of whatever. And you make this guy basically trying to protect the cherries. He won't let anyone take the cherries. And boom, he's suddenly opposed to the party. And he has a reason to be. They're his children that you're trying to steal. Like, then the players feel guilty, um, right? Do they steal the guy's children? A lot of players are like, yeah, let's do it. Um, but, <laughs> right? Like, that's real and you don't yeah, need But to- then how does that spur on your story after that, though, right? Because now Lord Sidious Kumquat, whatever, is coming for you to get his cherry children back. And he's united the kingdom against you. Oh, baby. When you see those pineapples rolling up on top of those mm. potato wheels- Oh, those potato wheels can shoot little spud roughly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So you can have a lot of fun with it, but you don't need alignment for any of this. You just need to think about motivations. The only time I ever had trouble at a table with a player was when I allowed them to choose, back when we were early days, when I was playing with alignments, I allowed them to choose neutral evil or whatever, uh, something like that, as a thief. and. It's funny because I've played with thieves in parties plenty of times. And, you know, they steal things from party members, whatever, but it's all fun. But but it was funny. Letting this person choose, put the word evil on their player sheet, it became a justification for darker and darker things for them to do. Right. I don't think would have happened if we hadn't just written that word down. They would have played the game based on what was happening at the table and not this word on their sheet. If you're looking for a good use of... What can be good, neutral, evil? Um, bombarded, each plays, the players in that game each play a chaotic good, a chaotic neutral, and a chaotic evil character. And they're all on the same team. It's the motivations behind each of them that keep driving them forward. And in all of the interactions they have, they each have a different way of dealing with it. And I think they've done a really good job of, you know, saying that this main main player character who is chaotic evil isn't always at odds with the good and the neutral character. Like they all get along for the most part. It's finding ways to just utilize that motivation. And if you have to put a framework of an alignment on it, great, but evil doesn't necessarily always mean the bad guy. It's just an, from whatever viewpoint you're coming at. So my suggestion is just throw out the alignment and come up with motivations. Same. Good, Same. deep characters. So, okay. So one thing, 
I would encourage, I think Russ would agree, that we also throw out for sure is this idea of of alignment on um, monster classes like like orcs. So the idea of orcs being evil is something, and we're going to link, we're going to link to some articles in the show notes. We highly recommend anyone's interested to go read, but this has been, this has been a problem that has existed from the Victorian era, if not earlier, with a lot of references and research that's been done to show that, um, we have come to conflate, um, skin color with certain uh, traits and values. So Tolkien, who, um, you know, God rest his soul for creating languages and, and amazing stories, he's got some issues to be called to task for around how he basically took these values from back then and applied them to the fantasy world. So I'm going to quote the public medievalist who says Tolkien conflates race, culture, and ability. So by saying that orcs who have green skin um, are evil, but also limited intelligence, but also these mass forces that always oppose the light of good, um, is sort of like saying that it's basically saying skin color determines your abilities and your value in the world. And that's what we're dealing with right now, right? In our world is this idea of coming to terms with the fact that skin color should not determine the value in the world or your never limit your abilities or whatever. But, but there is, there is systemic racism in play in the world. Um, and it's something we need to recognize and we need to speak about. And one of the ways we can do that is by saying, hey, the way we are treat, treating all of these classes and races within D&D does come from that and does reinforce these values. So it's a tough issue. Yeah. So please don't be afraid. Um, first of all, don't be afraid to put orcs in your world. But don't be afraid to make them interesting characters. Both Russ and my shows have had all kinds of what most people would say are monsters become fun characters in our shows. They become beloved characters in some cases. Um, don't be afraid to play them as having motivations and interests or love interests or um, just don't be afraid to play them in a way that's fun for the table. And and yeah, you don't just because they, it says an alignment on them, you don't have to play them a certain way. Yeah. One of our uh, one of our favorite NPCs from a guest who came on Spencer um, he played a, an orc bard who changed changed his ways, um, and we talked about it a lot as we were playing through how he used to eat people, uh, but now he's like not so good, um, and showed that growth of that character in his own recognition of you know viewing how you know he didn't agree with some of the things that his tribe did, but it all comes back to what is interesting in your world. And if you need a firm, good, bad, fine, but is that as interesting as coming up with a character who has a legit backstory, um, who's at an opposing view to your characters, who is a well-rounded individual that you can justify their motivations um, and explain them too, not just evil for the sake of evil, because that... It makes no difference at that point. And it's just a, it's an XP to, to, to get for your players. 
Yeah, you you'll find that when you start to question what is is something that some people consider evil, something is so for example, let's say you're playing and you've got a a bunch of whatever creatures and you've said they're evil and everyone's complaining that they're evil and they're they're rampaging and they're murdering the village. Um why are they doing that? Just ask yourself the question, why are they doing that? And if you can just come up with an answer on the spot, you can create a way more interesting campaign. By having the the characters, you know, this happened in one of Russ's games, march off. I think it was a bonus, but march off to find out why these people are rampaging. And then you find out they have no food or whatever. Yeah. Um, right? That's all it takes. They're just hungry and they're they're relegated off. And um, right? And then your party goes and makes them honorary members of the town, and then you leave and your money's gone and goblins rule the world. Just making something up from air there. Yeah, no, right? I mean it it happens. It happens. Yeah. It, when you when you're able to give those motivations, like we've said already, you're able to um, present different obstacles for not only the characters but for the players to think differently about in the game. Um, they go so long thinking, you know, player motivation. Their player motivation is key and is the only right way until they hit something where it questions what they think. And the things that they've been doing maybe have been counteracting what this group or this person have been trying to do and then poses that conundrum that now they have to problem solve and work through as a team and a united front on both sides. Right. So give examples. So Russia sex is really good. Um, the players are hunting this group that is killing innocents and creating havoc in the world. And they are they are making headway and they're getting closer and closer and all their actions, what Russ was explaining, all their actions and motivations have been, we're doing the right thing, we're, we're helping the townspeople, and then you come across the band and you realize that they are running themselves. They're running. They've been pushed out of their home and they have no food and they're scared. And, and suddenly, what Russ is talking about, this thing happens in, around at your table where they're like, oh, what, are, maybe... Maybe we should help them, but we've been chasing them. And, you know, they have to rectify the motivations that they've had all this time because you've suddenly given real motivations to the people they've met. It's a fun moment. Yeah, you've made them more than just monster stat blocks. You've made them people. And it's, I like to think that it's hard to just go be, stop. What am I trying to say? I like to think that it's hard to go stop somebody who you can empathize with. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And the way you do that is by thinking about those stat blocks that say evil or good or lawful or whatever. Start to think about it. Start to say, do I need that block? And uh, if you want to use it, great. Or if you want to be like, what, what's motivating these people? Why are they rampaging? Why are they whatever? Simple answer, first thing pops in your head, can make a lot of fun. Um, also create a better worldview at the same time. So I, Absolutely. Win, win, win. And I mean, it can be different the longer you go on, right? Because each group of orcs, each group of goblins, each group of werewolves are all going to have different motivations. So the, whatever you create for that one group that they run into isn't going to shoehorn you into that one at all. You're going to be able to create another motivation for another group over in the mountains or in the forest. or in the, So many different things can happen when you just think about what you're trying to do what the idea that you're trying to get across. But moon goddesses are always evil. Remember that. Except in Dungeons and Dragons, where <laughs> they have the right name 
and they're not evil. <laughs> we hope this helps you guys. Uh, we hope you found this interesting, talking about alignment. How do you deal with it? Because everyone's backing away or saying, do you use it? Do you not use it? Uh, we hope you find this helpful. If it raises questions or you uh, disagree, uh, feel free to send us an email at dm to gmcast at gmail.com. Did I say that right? I have no idea. You did. Whoa! Uh, you can also find us on all the social media, and please join our Discord. Uh, you'll find a link to that in the show notes, and we look forward to talking to you all soon. One more thing before we go here, dm to gm will be on a bit of a hiatus through August, uh, so we won't be seeing any episodes in feed until the beginning of September. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your summer. If you do have questions about today's episode or anything else, you can come join us on Discord or send us an email, dm to gmcast at gmail.com. We look forward to talking to you and answering more of your questions coming up in September. Thank you very much. Hope your summer's wonderful, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, no, and I think that's all. Oh, car driving by. Oh, he went so Pick fast. Up truck. He he went so fast. Look at him go. Yippee! So Yippee! Tailgate uh. party. <laughs> the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. You found the heart. She found a key to the heart. On the quest of a lifetime, three best friends take on a harrowing journey. Your mind and body will be tested in these upcoming weeks, as well as your heart. Where more is at stake than a gift from the gods. Being with Albina and I is going to be... weird? Not bad weird, just, uh, different. Everything's different on the water. When new friends meet, you have an office? Where do you think I do all the pirate business? Pirates have business? It's a parchment nightmare. And family secrets are revealed. We could be twins. Yes, I've noticed. This young crew of adventurers will learn what it takes to complete the deadly journey to the heart. It's not like an island could set a trap for us. What? Lightning fog? Are you kidding me? But is getting what they want worth losing what they have? I was happy with you and Charlie. Was? Look at us! How could I be? Journey to the Heart. Now available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Tune in each week and vote for where you think the story should go next. What will you-